He eyed her, the gentle slope of her torso as it descended into rounded buttocks, now outlined with the damp and clinging material. He'd never seen finer. I can swear to you, on my oath as a knight, that you will be safe from harm as long as I have breath in my body, he told her flatly. No female under my protection will ever be mistreated. I swear it. She turned to look at him. Now that she was regaining her senses, she had an opportunity to take a good look at him. It hadn't occurred to her until this moment that he was without clothing from the waist up. He was a tall man, but it wasn't his height that was impressive. It was his sheer bulk. He had an enormous neck and shoulders, and his arms were the biggest she had ever seen. His chest was muscular and beautiful, his waist trim, but the sight made her heart race, and she wasn't sure why. All she knew was that it made her uncomfortable. You will understand if I am dubious of your declaration, she said, moving away from him. The last night I came into contact with displayed less than chivalrous behavior. He watched her move away, shivering even in the radiant heat of the blaze. He wasn't offended by her statement, because he understood her point of view. Perhaps time will prove my trust, my lady, he said. But until that time, I would ask one thing. She glanced at him, now at a safe distance from his delicious naked torso. What would that be? That you not make any more attempts to, shall we say, swim in a frozen pond. She averted her gaze, looking back to the dancing flames. She seemed to get that glassy look again. My apologies to have troubled you, she said quietly. He couldn't help but notice she hadn't given him a direct answer. You did not trouble me, he said. But I have enough on my mind with a new command without the additional worry of the Lady of the Keep condemning herself to a watery grave. She didn't say anything. He took a step toward her to make sure she heard him. Lady Amelie? She looked up from the fire to notice he was much closer. Instinctively, she flinched and moved away from him. Her hands went up as if to protect herself. I will do my best not to cause you additional worry, she assured him quickly. He could see the panic in her face, and he stopped his advance. I have faith in the word of a lady, he replied, eyeing her a moment and realizing that she was still quite damp. He indicated her dress. I will send your serving women in to help you change from those wet garments. Amelie nodded briefly, watching him with her great green eyes as he collected his wet tunic from the stand near the hearth and proceeded to the door. Weston's eyes lingered on her a moment before quitting the room silently. Even after he was gone, she simply stood there, depression swamping her and her sense of desolation returning full force. Whatever the knight said, she was sure he was lying. They all lied. They were all animals. Amelie went to her dresser, where, inside a lovely bejeweled chest, lay a delicate dirk that her mother had given her long ago. She collected the weapon, fingering it, feeling the sharp edge and wondering what it was going to feel like when it cut into her chest. In her opinion, she had no choice. Better to take her life and end her torment than to bring a bastard into the world. That was one little element she had left out of her conversation with Doroyans,
She couldn't take the shame. More dishonor to be heaped upon the house of Devere. That was something that men like Weston de Royans could never understand. When Esma and Neely came to the chamber several minutes later with food and more wine, Amelie was gone.